Hi, you entrepreneurs. Today we have Christy Sukament. She is a 20-year veteran of the mortgage industry and has done everything from a loan officer to an executive and everything in between. She started the business right after college. She kind of goes over the process and how she's kind of grown from the start, her hurdles, her hiccups, and, and everything like that. If you have bought a house, have been in the industry, just kind of curious about what's next, take a listen, subscribe, and of course, tell your friends. Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. All right, so we are here with uh, Christy uh, Sukamnit. I said that correct? You did. Now, usually, I'm I'm usually not the greatest with pronouncing names, but I'm I'm glad I at least uh, did right by your name. So, you have a, a history in the, the mortgage field and in the real estate field. Kind of, can you give us a little insight into kind of who Christy is? So I started in the industry um, a number of years ago. This is actually my 30th year in wow. the business and started out. My first job was working as a real estate appraiser while I was in high school and getting some training there and started that into my college years. When I graduated from college, my dad ended up opening up a mortgage company. So my first real job outside of college was as president of a mortgage company. And it's been an interesting ride since there. So how was that being being so young when you started as an appraiser? I'm assuming realtors at that time, and it was 30 years ago, it was more of the wild, wild west from, from what I was told, I'm told. And people would try to like push you and, and kind of guide you into uh, the values that need to come in. And being someone younger at that time, I would think that there would be a lot of individuals really trying to, to push their hands on you. Say, I need this price. I need this price. Well, two things from that aspect. You know, one, being young and new to the industry, appraisers have a long period where they're apprentices. And so there was somebody who had a lot more seniority and a lot of experience who signed off on all my deals. So there's less pressure from me, you know, as there was to those guys. But yes, there was a lot of pressure back in the day where people would tell you what the value was that they expected. So how, how long were you... Um in the appraiser field before you decided to switch over uh, with your father into the mortgage platform? That's I was in that, in that role around four and a half years. Oh, wow. What was kind of some of the insight that you picked up from being an appraiser to kind of switching positions to jumping into the, to the mortgage aspect of it? I think it's interesting as you think about from being a, either a mortgage lender to an appraiser to a real estate agent to a home inspector. We all have different perspectives on how the transaction goes and what our responsibilities are and what the responsibilities are that we think the other players have. So it's really interesting to switch sides and get a whole fresh perspective to start from. So you were in the, the mortgage industry and after four years kind of as the appraisal, what happened, what happened next? How did you kind of grow into that position and then kind of what happened next? So spent, it's been a number of years working with my father with his mortgage company and running that then ended up moving over to Georgia and having the opportunity to go to work for a regional bank as an originator. 
um, it was a great role to have being out on the street and originating day to day with folks and seeing just what, you know, just what happens in different parts of the country. And then going from there, moving, my husband and I got relocated a number of times for his job and being able to go to different markets and work with the real estate agents and the borrowers in that area and see what the similarities were and what the differences were. So as an originator, especially because most originators that, that, I, that I talk to, it's mostly uh, commission-based, right? Is there, is there a change to that structure when you're working with a big bank or is it fairly similar? In the roles that I was in, it was always 100% commission. Okay. And how was how was that transition to going over working for your father? Because I'm assuming that wasn't fully commission-based. It was more of a salary position, correct? No, that was a commission-based job as well. Oh, wow. Was So then I guess let's jump a little bit farther back then to, from the appraiser position. When you're an appraiser, that was based off of each each job you came in, but the jobs were coming in at a steady stream, correct? Or is that not the case? Yeah, so that one had more of a, you know, pay by the hour for the amount okay. of time that you worked, then okay. also a, a small bonus for the number of appraisals that you completed. So yes, it's considerably, you know, from a, an outside perspective, considerably more stable, but ultimately always being paid on the work that you did. Wow, so you've, mostly been been paid off of what you've done so it hasn't really have you had besides the current position do you your current position is that commission based or is that more salary the current position is not so since may of this year i've okay. i've had a salary first time in my entire career how, how has that changed your mindset of work has it changed your mindset of work or has it changed the way you live your life anything like that you know it's easier to budget and plan but, <laughs> but ultimately you don't change who you are as a person. And I think there are people that gravitate to and do well in hundred percent commission roles because they, they eat what they kill, right? They know how to go out and make stuff happen. And it doesn't matter how your pay changes that ultimately that's who you are as an individual. Has, so what, what pushed you to switch over from the commission based platform more so over to, I guess, a more structured, structured position where you actually have a steady income. You know, that had actually nothing to do with the decision. They could still pay me 100% commission and that would be fine. I, I had a conversation with somebody who's on my personal board of directors. You know, I think we all have those people that we connect with throughout our career that have an impact on us and that we tend to bounce things off of. And, and one day this, this gentleman said to me, he said, you know, look, I know you're doing really well in your career and that you're having an impact and you're making good money. He said, but it's like my kindergarten teacher told me. You're not living up to your full potential because I want to see you live up to your full potential. Use all the gifts that God gave you. Use that experience and go out and have an even bigger impact. Hmm. So did you end up talking over with your husband at that time? And was it a mutual decision on transitioning over or was it more of I made my decision? Let's do this. No, it actually took a little while. You know, when he said this, it wasn't like there was another job that was open and available. It was, hey. I want you to consider looking outside of the four walls that you have and obviously talk it over with my husband and, you know, and other close people to me. And when this position became available, it's like, you know, there, there are times in your life where you're running away from something and times in your life when you're running to something. And this opportunity was a running to something. And I know it's, it's been a, a little bit of a short window, but I mean, still, 
you know, since March, you've had a little time to get acclimated to the new new position. How do you feel about that transition? Is it everything you hope for? Yeah, this is a great company. And I think that if you take the opportunity, regardless if you're switching from 100% commission to a salaried role or vice versa, whenever you change roles, whenever you change organizations, if you take the time to ask the right questions, you know, most of us, when we're thinking about leaving one place, it's because there's a problem. You know, we have a pain point and we go out and we try to solve what that pain point is. And we don't think about all the things that were going really well that were very important to us. And you see this a lot of time in the mortgage lending space where an originator will be unhappy with the way something's going and they'll go and they'll find another company that promises to solve that problem. But they forgot about the 30 things that were going really well and that were really important to them and their business. They get to the new place and one of those things or two of those things don't work. And then they make another change trying to solve that problem and then another, you know, and finally three or four jobs later, they've landed somewhere that actually is a good fit. And so if we take the time to really understand what our motivations are and what it is that we're looking for in terms of both the role and the culture of the company and even compensation, and we ask the questions up front, you can find a really good fit and make a really great transition. You know, I would love to dive into that a little more for especially people that maybe are younger or, or starting the field now, starting to jump into it. How do you know stuff you don't know? Like, I mean, how do you know what kind of culture you're looking for? How do you know what kind of the structure you're looking for? Like, what would, what would be your advice to someone like that? My advice would be to sit down and figure out what your values are. Take a look at why you do what you do. You know, if somebody were to change something, what would make a difference to you? So if it's really important for you that everybody be in the same office, physically speaking, that's one way to define a culture. If being able to work remote is important, understand how that works at a company. Figure out the things, particularly if you're thinking about yourself as a realtor or as an originator, what are the things that actually drive your business? And not just the things that you do every day. So we all get in habits where we do something over and over again, and we think that's having an impact on our business, and it might not actually be creating or being a needle mover. So figure out what those needle movers are. Figure out what you're known for. So if you're, if you're young and you've never made a change or you haven't made a change in a thoughtful way, go out and talk to your top five referral partners and say, what is it that you value about me? What is it you value about doing business with me? And listen for what those similarities are. And then make sure that wherever you're going to go continues to provide those things very, very well or improves upon where you are today. Hmm. I got some great advice right there. I mean, I, so I would love to, to jump even farther back. I know we kind of already talked about the appraiser when you were in that kind of world. What was... Who was that person? Who was that Christy at a younger age? Were they always thinking about getting into to this field or was it your father was in it and it just kind of happened? No, so actually my dad wasn't in the business okay. and he was he was building a house and he did his pre-approval with a company and the loan officer at that company made a change and my dad left his loan with the existing company and they lost his file. And so he got pretty upset because he back in the day, they had a commitment letter, which that commitment letter meant that they could close without any conditions. And the company came back to him and said, look, you know, we told you that we wanted that we would close this loan with no conditions, but we actually lost your file. We're going to need you to do the whole thing again. He was pretty upset, made some calls, 
you know, learned a little bit about the mortgage business and decided, man, it would be great just to open up my own company. And so that's what he did. And that was the same time I was graduating from college. And he's like, look, I need somebody to run this company. You seem like a good fit. You need a job. Did he have a background in, in lending or he any did not. Kind of... So he just thought that they did it so bad that he was like, I can do a better than this. That pretty much. <laughs> so how do you remember how long of a transition it was from the idea to actually starting the company? It took a little over a year because he went to the investor that taught him a little bit about the mortgage business and said, look, I'm ready to open a company. And she said, great. You got any experience? And he said, no. And she goes, call me back in a year. So a year later, he calls her back and he says, look, I'm ready to open my mortgage company. And she goes, great. You get some experience. She said, and he goes, you didn't tell me I needed any experience. You said, call you back in a year. She actually signed him up. Wow. That's, that's a <laughs> great pretty determined. Yeah. I mean, I know in our field, one of the bigger, I mean, two of the biggest things things that happen in real estate is either the prospecting or the follow-up. And your dad definitely had the follow-up right there. That's great. I think that's what? important. You mentioned that about, about real estate, and it's so true for any sales position. Are we good at following up and doing the things that we say we're going to do? And that matters a lot to the people that we do business with. Oh, I mean, it, it's, I mean, the, and when you're buying a house, it's one of the biggest and purchases you're probably going to do, you know, at least every five to seven years, one of the biggest purchases you're going to do. And just to know what's next is just huge. And being there when someone needs you, I totally agree. What's, what are some like the, the biggest hurdles you had to overcome, like one or two hurdles that you've had to overcome when the transition to get to where you're at now? Well, opening the company with my father, one of the first hurdles was I was really young, you know, just graduating from college. So I, I actually wasn't even 21 at the time. I graduated from college pretty early. And being the person who couldn't even pick up the bar tab, let a, you know, or go into the bar, you had to be, think really carefully how you were going to create positive impact and let people know that they could trust the biggest decision of their life to you. And as realtors, that you could trust your paycheck to somebody who couldn't even go out and have a glass of wine with you. So what was... What was the way of getting past that. How did you do that? Do you remember? One of the things that I did was make sure that I was always the most knowledgeable person in the room, that I knew what I was talking about, that I did my research, that I went above and beyond. I looked at what my competitors were doing and said, how do I do more than? How do I show up and deliver value? And I don't think in 30 years that the, that the need for that has changed. Now, 30 years ago, I don't believe there's as much coaching as there is now. Like there's, you know, I mean, Buffini, all these different platforms. So if you want a coach, you can find it. Being that your dad didn't really have a history in the lending and you didn't have a history in lending, what was the best way of actually getting your questions answered? What was the best way of actually finding that knowledge base to kind of grow? We leaned heavily on our investor partners. You know, our account executives and reps would come and I would just quiz them for hours. And they were all gracious in helping. In fact, some of those folks are still my friends today, still in the business. Uh, and we still connect on a regular basis. Wow. What? So if, was there ever a time where you thought about it that I'm going to get out of this field and go to something totally different, get out to the lending, get out to the real estate and go a, a totally different direction? Well, as you know, being in real estate, this is a very stressful industry. So there are definitely times that you sit back and you think after a really tough day or a tough week, man, is there anything else that I can do? And you look around and you think, 
and there are so few things that provide the same kind of rewards as being a realtor or a mortgage lender. This industry just sucks you in and keeps you right there. So is it, it, at those times, those moments where you thought about something else, like, do you remember like the, the small things that, that kept you staying with? It? I know it keeps you there because of the happy moments of actually like for yourself, when you close on a, a house, right? And the person's gratification for you, that's probably those great moments. Is there something particular that would kind of keep you in when maybe you were getting depressed, weren't getting the files or anything like that? Well, the thing that I think about, and, and for all of my career, I've always been a manager. And being able to help people achieve more than they ever thought possible is really what drives me. Maybe that's what you can do for a borrower who didn't realize that they could contribute to their 401k and still buy a house. And now they're going to be able to retire plus put a, a roof over their head. Or if that's an originator or a realtor who you helped grow their business, you know, it's hard to have that kind of impact in other places. No, it's just definitely, definitely true. I mean, one of the things I always look at and I mean, like yourself is you get to see these, pe these people in either high moments, really high moments or really low moments. And so you get to become an integral part into their life, into their world. And it can be gratifying when you can actually help them out, get through those, those struggles and get to the good times. What's um, so what's next for what's next for Christy? What's what's the future hold for you? Well, right now, I think I'm in a really great place. I'm at an organization who has a strong past and they have lots of opportunities for the future. And as with any company or any opportunity that we have, figuring out how to convert potential into reality is the challenge. How do you how do you do that? A lot of times it's really just about execution that, you know, they say ideas are a dime a dozen. And I think that's really true. You know, there, lots of people have really great ideas and it's all about can you start, can you both start the execution process and can you pull it across the finish line? People lose faith. You know, they lose faith and they lose hope when things get hard or challenging. There's a great book called The Dip. And one of the things that it talks about is, you know, you start out and things are pretty easy and you get momentum and you keep going. And then all of a sudden you go downhill. Right. Things are moving really, really fast. And that's usually at the beginning. Then you hit that dip and you have to start going up. And it's in that uphill part that things become really challenging. And are you going to continue? Now, you may be at the very top, but you don't realize it and almost over that hump, but that's when people quit. So how do you keep going? How do you maintain that momentum and get all the way through the dip and up over the top? So let's say I'm one of your employees right now and I'm close to quitting. I'm just like getting really disheartened by the whole process. What would you do to kind of walk me through to to keep fighting through, to keep going forward? Well, Vinny, first you have to make an assessment of, is this where you really want to be? Is this the kind of effort that you're willing to put forth? You know, there's a saying that says, we all have to decide what our heart is going to be. So you can have the heart of discipline or the heart of regret or the heart of a bunch of different other things. So is this the right heart for you? Is this the right career? And if it's not, maybe this is the time for you to consider going elsewhere. So first and foremost, let's decide if you're in the right spot. Are you in the right seat on the bus? I can't tell you the number of times that we've talked to an originator and they, they would much rather be a processor. Or we've talked to somebody who's an originator and they really want to be on the real estate side. So let's figure out if you're in the right seat on the bus. And then if you are, let's start to analyze where, you, where you're having those difficulties. Is it that you're not getting enough leads? So just because you're not closing as much as you want, 
doesn't mean you have the same issue as the next person. So maybe you're getting enough leads, you're just not converting them at enough at a high enough pace. Maybe the next person is not getting enough leads, but they have a really high conversion rate. So let's figure out where your gaps are and then start to ensure that you have the right resources to move forward. And that's a great thing. You mentioned having a coach earlier. It's one of the things I think that the industry has changed. When I got in the business, training or coaching was, hey, here's your phone book and there's your phone. Good luck. And today you have managers who do significantly better at helping you figure out what that gap analysis is and making sure that you have the right resources. And let's just say that's not the talent of your manager or you're in a broker shop or a real estate shop more on your own. There are plenty of coaches that you can go out there and hire that will help you figure this out and will be that cheerleader in your corner. What do you what do you think's next for the, the the real estate market for the lending market? Like, do you see anything changing drastically over the next year, a couple of years? Well, nothing is constant but change, and we certainly are in a time period where things are dramatically changing, where consumers are demanding a different experience. They're used to the technology and the capabilities that are in other industries, and they're pushing the mortgage industry and the real estate industry to make those changes. Now, we're having to make a bunch of small bets. None of us can see the future or know exactly what it's going to look like. You know, if you, if you told me back when I first started lending that we'd close a loan in seven days, I would have laughed at you because then we had, it took seven days just to get a credit report, <laughs> right? They were called RMCRs and you had to mail out for them and there was all these verifications. And so you, it, it wouldn't have been possible. So, so many things have already changed and there are a lot of different people with different ideas that are putting them forth and we're trying them, we're testing them, we're seeing how consumers react to them. And so how it changes you know, technology is going to move us at a faster pace, but, you know, I don't think we're going to get to a one day close. You just can't move that fast. It's too hard to pack up your stuff in one day. What about two day close? Maybe. No, <laughs> legally, right. We have to have the seven day close, but, you know, I think that the consumers are going to push us to change in ways that we haven't even imagined yet. Wow. So if, if someone's looking to, to find uh, your company, find more about you, what would be the best avenue uh, for them to go that direction? So they could go to our website and go to flagstar.com. And if they want to connect with me, LinkedIn is the best place. Perfect. Well, thank you again for all your insight, Christy. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's very interesting how you kind of started at in the, the lending field and have been there for the last 30 years. I, I mean, so many times I talk to people where, they kind of started in one platform and kind of slowly worked into something and they found out this was in the right way. And then they moved back to another platform. And it seems like you have a, a strong game plan and you've kind of just keep fighting through and just keep going forward. Well, I encourage everybody to do that, right? The best stuff is on the other side of hard. <laughs> I totally agree more. Well, thank you again, Christy. Hopefully everyone listening got some great information and uh, please subscribe, please share and, and tell your friends. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Fanny. Thanks, Fanny. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.